Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. DJ Manny. Manny. Yo. Scoop Radio. You know what's official if Barry Bond said, yo, the best in the business. That's word of Scoop. You either tuning in or reading the word from Scoop. He give you the business. He show you the proof. If Scoop B said, you know it's the truth. Sports and entertainment. He give you the mix. Some of the biggest interviews. He give you the fix. On iTunes, the number one podcast. The joint and the journalist. The GOAT. So why ask? Watch out. Watch out. What about it? If he naming them, ScoopD.com, do numbers like Chamberlain. Pin game is a gift, got the gift to gab. If he say it is gospel, it's as simple as that. Now pay attention and you can see the way it go. Enough of this talking. This is Scoop B Radio. You're listening to Scoop B Radio. Get on his Instagram now. At Follow Scoop him. B. At Scoop B. Follow him. Yes, sir. Scoop B Radio. On the airwaves, on the plane, on the train. Everywhere you need to be. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at ScoopB, Instagram and Snapchat at Scoop underscore B. And make sure, most importantly, uh, that you subscribe to the Scoop B Radio podcast, which is available on all podcasting networks Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitch app, or simply by visiting ScoopBradio.com. And on the line right now, it's Lakers Week on the Scoopy Radio podcast. It's probably one of the most famous Kareems to ever play in Los Angeles for the Lakers. None other than Kareem Rush. Kareem, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on, bro. You must have, you must, I'm chilling. You must have heard that a million times when you played for the Lakers. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, a few times. Uh, but, you know, there's, a, there's another Kareem in there that might be a little more uh, notable than I am. But uh, it's only been two of us, though. So I'm one of the, I'm one of the two. So you, Kareem Rush on the line, was the Lakers' uh, 20th pick uh, in the 2002 NBA draft. You were actually selected by the Raptors, and you found your way to the Lakers. Um, you, I want to stick on this Kareem theme a little bit. Um, Kareem is the most famous Laker to play. Did you and him ever have any interaction about the name, about the Lakers? What was your relationship with Kareem like? 
Uh, I mean, Kareem wasn't as present during those years that I was there. I was, I was, I was there for a brief span, only played my first three years, but we, we definitely met each other. I shook hands, you know, obviously, you know, had my adulation for him and, you know, uh, you know, one of the greats of the game, I think from start to finish, probably the best, the greatest of all time if you take high school, college and, and everything kind of combined. Uh, so, but then didn't get the chance to really get to know him, you know, personally. Uh, but definitely had a few interactions uh, where, you know, we share, you know, just gentle, you know, how, how you doing, hello. I remember um, the 2004 uh, NBA Finals um, against the Pistons. Um, you were on a team led by Shaq, Kobe Bryant. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Carl Malone, Gary Payton were on that team. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm gonna ask this question in a way that 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 maybe um, I always saw it this way. So I remember it because it was my freshman year of college, and I remember coming home and watching uh, Kobe and Tayshawn Prince going toe to toe. One of the things that always stood out to me in that series was whenever Kobe Bryant maybe struggled against Tayshawn Prince, they always would say that Kobe had a bad game or Kobe struggled a little bit. But I feel like they never really gave Tayshawn. Prince has just due as a defender. From your perspective, being on a Lakers bench and or playing alongside Kobe and others, what did you see on that Pistons squad as it related to Tayshawn and even Rip Hamilton going toe to toe with Kobe? I mean, they they just they simply outplayed us. Um, you know, Carl was hurt in that series, um, and I think selfishly Kobe wanted to get MVP. I think we were you know favored by by everybody to win the series. You know, and at the time, you know, Shaq had the first three uh, finals MVP. So I think Kobe had the mindset. Now he came out, you know, with that as a, as a primary focus. But I think that he was really itching for, you know, getting that MVP. And we were just kind of caught off by a better team. You know, the Pistons were, you know, they went on to, you know, do seven straight in the conference finals. So uh, that team was, you know, one of the teams for the ages. Uh, and, and they had a, they had a starting five that was very formidable. You know, those are all all-star caliber players. They have a couple of Hall of Famers and, and Ben Wallace and Chauncey, maybe even Rip. Uh, so they were definitely, um, you know, a formidable team, and, and it is just, you know, better than us at the time. What did you see? I mean, when you looked at that Pistons team, um, you know, they had went through some trades and, you know, made some things happen from, you know, Chauncey Billis was already on that team, Rip was already on that team, Larry Brown was on that was head coach of that team, but, you know, they brought in Rasheed Wallace. Um, what did you – did you pay them mind? Did you look at them as a championship contender going into the playoffs? I'm sure you looked at other teams besides yourself. Yeah, yeah. Respect for God. I mean, there's no doubt uh, that we, we definitely had respect for them, but I think we were just favored. Uh, and we, you know, we had four Hall of Famers, you know, so we were, you know, one of that super team. We had two of the best five players in the league. Then, uh, like I said, they just caught us off guard. You know, uh, they played better than, than we did. And, you know, you know Kobe didn't have the best series. Chauncey played amazing, um, and they just like simply outplayed us. You were a sharpshooter on that team. You averaged 14 minutes per game, and you hit 40% of your three-point shots in the playoffs. Um, but you were also a major con- contributor in helping the Lakers clinch the Western Conference Finals uh, against the Kevin Garnett-led uh, Minnesota Timberwolves when you scored 18 points in the sixth and final game, all from downtown. First of all, what did you have in your Wheaties when you were going against the Timberwolves? <laughs> Nothing, man. You know, if anybody knows my career, uh, scoring is, is what I do. Uh, you know, and shooting the ball, yeah, he says it's my specialty. So this was one of those games where the, the shots were falling the first couple went down. Uh, it just happened to be the magnitude of the game uh, that had those, you know, 6-3 stand down. Uh, but, you know, that, that wasn't new to me. Uh, I, I was paid to knock down the shot. There were open shots. 
you know, so that was my job to step up when we needed and, and knock him down. And luckily for me, I was able to do so uh, in, in a key moment. Kevin Garnett was the MVP of that season in 2004. Uh, that team was led with, you know, not just Garnett, but Latrell Sprewell, uh, Sam Cassell, uh, and a myriad of other people under. Um, you know, many people looked at them as a, as a threat to you guys, uh, but you guys prevailed. Uh, KG is in the Hall of Fame, uh, will be inducted into the Hall of Fame in, in, the, in the summer, late summer, early fall. Um, what did you see from KG in that series? Uh, I mean, that whole season. I mean, KG's in Minnesota. I mean, he was, he was a top five player in the league. I mean, revolutionary for this country, you know, the position, um, you know, to do a threat to do it all, you know, uh, and with him, Spreewell, and Gasell and all those guys that have in that squad, they, they, they were, they were, they were tough. Um, but, you know, like I said, we, we, we stuck it out. Like I said, I was able to, to knock down some shots in key moments. Um, but definitely a formidable team. KG was great that year. Uh, great his whole career. Uh, you know, so congratulations to him going to the hall. But yeah, we, uh, you know, we pulled it out. That Lakers team to me, um, Scoopy Radio on the line with Kareem Rush. Um, that Lakers team, uh, had a glut of talent. Uh, you mentioned Carmelo being hurt at points during the playoffs. You got Gary Payton, uh, Kobe, uh, Shaq. Uh, my first question as it relates to that was it's when you look at Gary Payton, um, Hall of Fame point guard, uh, great defender. When you look at the triangle offense, was it difficult for him to adapt to Phil Jackson's system? Because when I look at the the, the Lakers uh, system back then, the triangle was predicated upon taller guards, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, 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 Was it difficult for him in the early beginnings to run that triangle? I mean, I don't – I think if he would have more than a, a year uh, to run it, the triangle mm-hmm. this time, you know, that stuff is drilled. You know, Gary was coming in, you know, towards the end of his career, so he was, he was used to playing a certain way. Uh, you know, so to, you know, transition to a triangle offense it was definitely probably a learning curve for him. You know, he's not like anybody else that needs to, you know, learn something new, so it's going to take time. And then to be able to kind of, you know, figure his way out to, to, to be working with Shaq and Kobe as well as Malone, uh, you know, it, it, everybody needs some adjustment period. You know, so, you know, I, he didn't have the best year. I, I, he, he, he would tell you the same thing, but he's yeah. still very much an integral part in what we, what we did to get where we, where we was going, Hall of Fame guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, the training was not something that is easily picked up. How hard was it for you at the, in the early stages uh, for you to adapt to the triangle offense? It was my first offense, and, and I'm, a, I'm a shooter, so I'm used to moving. Uh, you know, so I, I, I've never ball dominated, so I didn't necessarily need the ball in my hand for me to be effective. You know, so it really just about kind of you know what they did. You know, from day one, which was drill the triangle, drill the fundamentals, and just really learning how to play. You know, with other guys, and that took you know took some time. You know. Year two is when I really, really got comfortable, you know, running the offense. So, um, you know, it's definitely difficult to learn. But, you know, once you figure it out, uh, you know, it, it, it was a great offense to run. You are definitely um, respected in Missouri, uh, where you averaged 19.8 points per game as a junior. You led the Tigers to the West Regional Finals in the NCAA tournament. Where you, did, you guys did lose to Oklahoma, but it's a sophomore, 2000-2001 season, you led the Big 12 in scoring. We averaged 21.1 points per game. Uh, how disappointed were you that there was no NCAA tournament this year? Uh, you know, from, you know, there's no sports at all. You know, so I think, uh, you know, as a human population, we, have, we all love sports and, and all need sports. You know, so it's definitely, you know, a drag for that it's not going to happen. But, you know, first and foremost, we got to, you know, be concerned about our, our safety and our health. You know, so if that wasn't the case where we can run it, then, you know, I'm all for canceling. But the world definitely misses basketball. Uh, I'm sure the kids 
uh, in their senior years are, are the ones that are thinking about leaving, you know, definitely get a chance to compete, you know, for a tournament, for a championship. I'm sure that hurts. Uh, but the games will return at some point. Um, again, like I said, it's really about, you know, being safe and healthy. Uh, but like I said, it's just one of the costs that, you know, one of the costs of, you know, doing so. Kareem Rush on the line. It's with Scoopy Radio. You and I bumped into each other um, during All-Star. Sometime outside in Chicago, and I saw you from a mile away. First of all, when I first bumped into you, I was like, that's either Kareem Rush or that's Leon Robinson. <laughs> yeah, I get that almost every day. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You better start telling telling you Leon is charging for autographs. All right. <laughs> I'm up to tall because it's a funny, funny story. Like uh, this is back in 2005, I'm in uh, Charlotte, mm-hmm. so I'm uh, playing, and the teammates like, "Yo, me and your brother here." I'm like, "What? My brother will come in town and not tell me?" Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there mad, and I look over at half court, and it's Leon. <laughs> so I, I, I've been hearing that for. And if any any black woman come up to me, it's either, "Oh, are you that actor That's from Five Hundred? I get that price. I get that five times a week. That's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Um, you, uh, Leon as well, is very entrepreneurial. But you yourself, you have a lot going on, um, whether it's fashion, whether it's you know advocacy. What are some of the things that you've been doing uh, as of late? Uh, yeah, like I said, since my post career, I've been really uh, kind of a serious entrepreneur, kind of dipping my hands in you know a little bit of anything and everything. Uh, initially started off with music and did that. Uh, my first single was you know Billboard Top 40, so I got that under my belt. Still doing music. Uh, once everything calms down, you know, I actually auditioned for The Voice last season, and I'm gonna do it again now that I kind of understand the concept. But the death of music is, is a huge part of my of my future moving forward. Whether that be, like I said, doing my own career, you know, creating a label, so that's down the line. But currently, I just recently launched uh, my fashion and lifestyle brand, the gentleman brand, which I've been working on for a few years now. Initially, it was a um, a custom suit uh, company. Uh, I did you know custom suits, but now I kind of transitioned into more of a full on. You know, fashion, lifestyle brand where I have a little bit, you know, something for everybody, you know, for men and women, fashion, lifestyle, athleisure, home stuff. So kind of building that brand uh, from the ground up is really kind of what I'm focused on right now. And also, you know, the give back portion, which has always been important to me. Um, I'm, I'm recently uh, putting together an idea of a concept for a, a community village that's centered around local income housing and kind of in, a, in a basketball prep academy here in town, you know, under the name of, you know, for me and my brothers, you know, so think of an IMG. Uh, a LeBron James Promise School meets some low-income housing. Uh, so kind of combining all those, you know, things. We, we recently found a plot of land. You know, so we're in development of that. That's going to take up some time. But any, other than that, you know, I'm, I'm staying. I got kicked out of my ears to the ground, you know, in tech. I've uh, been in, in a lot of different places. Just trying to stay busy, learn and grow, you know, this empire post, post-basketball career. Uh, I text one of my buddies, and um, congratulations, by the way, on all of the things that you're doing philanthropic uh, since retirement. It's good to see positive uh, African-American males uh, do their thing. Um, I talked to one of my friends before we did this interview, and when I told him I was interviewing you, they said, man, you interviewing Kareem? They're like low-key, the basketball dynasty like the Mannings. Everybody's picking up a basketball. What's in the water out there in, in, in Kansas City, man? You guys are successful. Yeah, man. My mom, you know, because my mom and dad, they did a great job. You know, it's very rare to have three brothers, uh, you know, to, to take the reach levels that we did. You know, my older brother was probably the best of us all. Didn't really, you know, see his career in the way he wanted to. But, you know, high school, Jerron is probably, you know, without a doubt, the greatest high school player ever out of Kansas City. Um, you know, I kind of followed suit from him. And then my younger brother kind of came through and did what he did. 
Um, Jerron's oldest son, Shay, went to North Carolina, won a national championship in, in 2018. So the genes are started, you know, uh, but it all kind of started with my brother. We also, if, if you guys want to check out, they can go to the audience network. Uh, I, I did a kind of a, 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 a 30 for 30 type of documentary on our story. A few mm-hmm. years back, we, we wanted we won a competition through DirecTV. Uh, it's called the Great American, the, the next Great American documentary. Uh, 150 grand, you know, type of competition. Uh, finish the doc. So that's been on the, the audience network for the last three years. So check that out. It, it kind of goes through the whole entire story. Uh, what we've been through, we've been through quite, quite a bit in our basketball career from being, you know, inner city kids to ending up at the, you know, the most affluent high school in, in, in the city, uh, where, you know, the tuition is like $13,000 is the most the richest families in Kansas City. So we went there in mm-hmm. seventh grade and kind of, you know, pretty much revolutionized, uh, the basketball here in the town. You know, we was one of the, the few teams that ever became ranked you know, in high school within the city, uh, been, you know, what we've done hasn't been duplicated, won three straight championships. Uh, then the city was, you know, it was crazy for me and my brother, you know, every week, you know, every day, pretty much Jerron was on the cover, you know, star. So, uh, pretty crazy story. So you, you guys make sure to check out that on the audience network, the Rush Brothers. Kareem Russell on the line with Scoopy Radio. Kareem, what I hear stories all the time about Michael Jordan. Uh, Harris Grant one time told me, um, that Michael uh, was literally the devil uh, in practice um, because of his work ethic. He treated it like um, it was, um, you know, a regular game. Um, the, the late Kobe Bryant, uh, many people have shared stories about his success um, and just how competitive he was. Uh, so I, I, I leave the floor to you. What was Kobe Bryant like in practice? Um, I mean, sometimes he chilled. I mean, because he played big minutes, you know, so at that point they won three straight when I first came in, so a lot of time was just kind of, you know, maintenance with those guys, you know, the bigger stars, especially the top four, you know, Shaq, Kobe, and, you know, Carl and GP. And so for the most part, you know, he did his own thing. He came in early. I remember uh, the first time I, as soon as I got drafted, my first day coming in, you know, I wanted to kind of get there, you know, a couple hours earlier just to kind of showcase that I wanted to, you know, to work. But when I walked in, Kobe was already out on the course sweating, like dripping, like he didn't play like a full-on game. They told me he'd been there four hours before, you know, working on, and he was out there working on just footwork and no basketball. So I knew right then, like, hey, this is a dude who's on another level. And then you just kind of saw as the year and a couple of years went on, like, what it takes to be great. You know, Kobe, mm. like I said, the mind mentality I saw firsthand as a youngster because I was a two guard. So I had a chance, to, I had to guard him every day. I had to carry his bags. So I got a chance to know him a little bit closer than some of the other rookies. Uh, but you saw firsthand what that mind mentality was. It, it eventually get coined to later on, but I saw how hard he worked. Now every moment was dedicated to him becoming a better basketball player. Where were you when you found out that Kobe passed away? I was in Kansas City. Um, my boy texted me like, "Yo, man, I'm here." Like, TMZ said Kobe passed. I was like, "What?" So I started surfing the net. I couldn't find anywhere but TMZ. So I was like, "Man, I hope this is not real." And then you know, 45 minutes later, I started hitting all the airways, and I was like, "Wow, this is it was crazy, surreal." I still, like I said, I have a hard time still accepting it. Um, and it's crazy because all this other stuff has happened in the last month or so, but, you know, Kobe was a huge impact on a lot of people, and I haven't seen that many guys, uh, especially black guys, cry. Uh, mm-hmm. So my, it was the first time I really saw that. So, I mean, it impacted me more than I thought. Uh, like I said, I've I only, only known him for three years, but post-career, we always, when we saw each other, it was always love and it was always cool. So Scoop to see what he was doing post-career with the, the books and what he was doing with his daughters, and being that mentor to all the other guys coming up, man, it, it was amazing to see. Because I, it, it, back in the day, people thought Kobe was just kind of a, a, a seated cocky ass, or which he was, a young man. But to see mm-hmm. that transition, the maturation for him to be kind of a godfather, you know, mentor to so many guys and to the to the game of basketball, 
and he was just kind of getting started with that second act. So, I mean, it was just kind of a, a tough thing to see, man, because, you know, he had so much more to do. Jamal Crawford was on the Spooky Radio podcast recently, and uh, he said that he felt as though um, Kobe was this generation's Michael Jordan. Um, everybody has their antidote of who's the greatest, who's the best, um, who played like who. Um, Kyle Kuzma recently told me that you should really, you know, appreciate the players for what they both bring to the game, uh, whether that be Magic, whether that be Michael, whether that be LeBron. When you look at Kobe and his body of work, um, do you think he's the closest uh, to Jordan? Yeah, yeah. I would put Kobe top three. I mean, I put Kareem second in Kobe uh, behind Mike. I guess I don't understand how Kobe passed over by, 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 by LeBron. I think he eventually will. If LeBron continues down his path and, and plays another four or five years, the numbers that LeBron will put up is going to be crazy where he can be considered that. Um, but, you know, to my eyes, Kobe was, you know, one of, I mean, not one of a kind, but he was, I mean, he's closest, one of a kind, but closest to Jordan as he's going to get. Uh, I think that's why he gets passed up because he was so much like Mike. Uh, LeBron is kind of doing something different, kind of a combination between the two. Uh, but, you know, Kobe is, you know, one, on the Mount Rushmore for me. Uh, it was an incredible honor for me to get a chance to play with him. You know, and as I, you know, progressed through the league and, and after my career was done, you know, the, the magnitude of what he'd done in his career, uh, it was just like I said, it was a treat and an honor to be able to share the floor with him. When you look at shooting in the NBA, uh, the Warriors de- definitely uh, are in a class of their own. Uh, they're rebranding right now, if you will, injuries and then coronavirus. And, you know, they'll likely have a top 10 pick in the draft uh, this, this spring or this summer, rather. You're a shooter. Uh, shooters shoot. Shooters respect shooters. Clay Thompson is up there. Uh, Steph Curry's up there. Ray Allen is, is a legend. And Reggie Miller is a legend. We can go on and on in a day. Uh, when you look at shooting in the NBA, um, who do you enjoy watching? Um, I mean, shooters have come to the premium now in today's game that everybody can shoot. Uh, you you, you got to be able to shoot. But, I mean, from, like I said, Splash Brothers, of course, uh, I enjoy watching Dame Lillard, uh, you know, what he does. Um, there's some sharp shooters. Zach Levine has become a great shooter. There's just so many, you know, Seth Curry's a great shooter. Um, you know, name of the game is, is just the premium of today's game. So, uh, I like watching James, even though he dribbled too much. I still like watching him, you know, what he does. I'm, I'm still a huge fan of the game. Um, I like watching it. Um, I wish I was playing it now because if I could shoot 12 threes a game, that would have been, <laughs> that would have been heaven <laughs> for me. <laughs> you know, so. But you know the, the way uh, the way Steph and the Warriors have transformed the game, you know, made it more exciting. Uh, but I'm sure this convention should be kind of a, a reshift uh, once you know a dominant force like like a Shaq comes back along. You're gonna have to make way to deal with that again. So um, you know, right now the air is, is, is small ball, you know, free falling. It's fun to watch. You know, you you brought up a valid point about the Shaqs of the world. Uh, Scoopy Ray on the line with Kareem Rush, talking all things basketball. Um, Ray Allen uh, said to me uh, last year um, that he felt that the big man was making a return. And then, you know, you look at that draft last year. Uh, Taco Ball was, was an entry. He, he signed with the Celtics. But then, you know, you got guys like Joel Embiid, who I look at as a hybrid uh, between a Chris Webber uh, and Hakeem Olajuwon's footwork and finesse uh, with, a, with a solid, well, yeah, it's a pretty solid jumper. Or, or at least, you know, he can hit a consistent three if he needs to. But, um, you look at DeAndre Eaton on the Suns and more. Um, ask Shaq uh, what he thought about the big man. Uh, he feels that a lot of big men are soft. Um, but I'd look at Ray Allen and what he said about the big man. And you haven't played with Shaq. I think you have more than enough jurisdiction to speak. Do you think the big man is making a return? 
And do you think that it'll actually be a dominant big man like Shaq? Um, I think it's going to take like a a, a, a physical freak I think, to come along that you're going to have to you just can't you know do anything about. Uh, but I mean, so even the big day, the big man today, they still you know primarily out you know shooting out you know outside. I think Joel is kind of a hybrid. Um, but you know, it's, it's always going to be tall guys, you know, but it's just about their skill set now. They're going to be a little bit more premium oriented. Uh, but the days of the back, back down guys are, are probably, you know, are, are, are far gone by now. But until, like I said, that physical freak, uh, come along. I mean, I see Zion being now like a prototypical NBA five at this point, and he's like six, six. Uh, so, but we see, I mean, like I said, it's going to take, all it takes is that special talent. Uh, people have to, you know, it's undeniable that you have to uh, answer for. And that, and, I mean, because if Shaq played today, he'd average 50. It'd be a problem. Can you imagine? Yep. Like, <laughs> it'd be a problem. <laughs> what do you make of the Lakers this season? I mean, I like they were doing. I mean, they, they was playing well. LeBron is, is unbelievable. Uh, you know, doing what he was doing in year 17. Uh, AD's kind of that, that that second guy that he needs. Uh, that they can command the offense and they can run the offense through and then let LeBron be the closer. Uh, but the way he facilitated, the way he was running that team, uh, they they definitely had a chance to compete for a championship. I, I, I thought the Clippers might have a better chance of beating them uh, when healthy. And the Clippers were playing a little bit better, you know, finding their stride down towards even before you know, everything was canceled. Uh, but I definitely saw them making it to the Western Conference Finals uh, and, and, and challenging the Clippers. But whoever won that series was, was going to win the championship, was going to win the title. I like Milwaukee in the East, um, but I think, like I said, once uh, the, the game slows down in the playoffs, you know, some of those deficiencies from Giannis and their second guy, um, you know, you really kind of put it on stars in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, I think their, their duo of Giannis and Chris Miller don't compare to either Kawhi and, and, and PG are uh, with the Lakers have it and LeBron and AD. Who played like Anthony Davis in your era? Who was AD back in the day? Uh, I mean, Dirk, kind of. Uh, who else? Chris Bosh. Um, I was always hybrid four, five. Um, who else? Hard thing. I don't even know. I played so long ago. I've been retired for 10 years. I don't even check that. Tim Thomas said Tim Duncan. Tim Thomas. Tim Duncan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I forgot Tim. Yeah, of course. Yeah. A more fluid Tim Duncan. Because Tim, yeah, you yeah. know, was, was more of a fluid guy. Yeah. Yeah. Is LeBron James the NBA's MVP? Yes. Why? Uh, I mean, no, discredit to be honest, I think it was a close race, but just the fact that LeBron is doing it in year 17, the way he was doing it, leading, leading assists, uh, it was impressive. You know, so, I mean, I, if either one got it, you know, I, I can understand why. You know, what Giannis was doing this year was crazy. He put up, he put up better numbers than last year, but he is in the East, which I think is a little weaker. Uh, but like I said, it's just kind of a, uh, it's more of a knock and a tip to the cap of what LeBron's doing. That's real. Scoopy Ray on the line with Kareem West. Kareem, um, how do you think, um, Commissioner Silver and Adam Silver, the NBA is handling everything going on with the coronavirus? Do you commend them? What do you like? I'm done. I think Adam's done an amazing job from the start. Uh, from the first time he got the job, dealing with the passion of Commissioner Sterner, uh, handling uh, what they did with uh, with Sterling, uh, dealing with Kobe's passing. Uh, I, I think he's done an amazing job. Uh, he's always player centric. Uh, you know, I had a chance to meet him a couple times you know, throughout my career. Um, so you know, everywhere throughout the league, you know, he's definitely respected by the players and, and everybody. 
uh, in the front office all the way through. So I think he's done an amazing job so far. I'm placing great hands with him uh, moving forward for sure. Do you have a desire to work in a front office role uh, or somewhere in basketball in that regard? Uh, I do. Uh, I, I can see myself in that in, in that type of role, but I'm also thinking about creating my own league uh, uh, professionally. Uh, I started a concept two years ago called the ABL, which is called the American uh, an Alumni Basketball League. I played mm-hmm. my first game uh, KU versus MU, so just think kind of a uh, another way for you know those middle guys to you know make some money with, within a, a fan base that they're already known for. Because like I said, I'm known for either playing for the Lakers or playing for Missouri. You know, so our first game, you know, brought in 3,500 people. Um, you know, we had some greats on both sides. We put on a, game, a great game. And it's, I'm sure you've heard of the TBT tournament uh, that they put on every year. Like 27 of those teams are alumni teams, so why not have a league that's primarily focused on just those college alumni teams? That's real. And play back on college campus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's the good news. You're off the hot seat. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining the pod, man, and uh, I wish you luck in your emergence within the league in the future uh, and any other personal endeavors you've decided to do as well. I wish you all the best. I appreciate it. You guys can find me on at Reem Russ on IG, uh, Kareem, uh, thegentlemanbrand.com. Again, it's the faction line. Uh, Rushforward.org is the foundation, so check me out there. You heard it first, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it, bro. Scoop B Radio. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.